Hello, hello, and welcome to this latest episode of Star Trek Relight, where we will hopefully be finishing our grand alpine adventure tonight with doggos. We have our most of our usual gang here tonight, uh, starting off with our security officer, Chorog. It's too cold down here, damn it. Our scientist, Daniel E. Wells. Hi, y'all fellas. How you doing? Hi. Our con officer and master sled doggo wrangler, uh, Karajun Rodding. So this is session three of the Idiot Arad, and I don't know if we're gonna make it any quicker than the real one. <laughs> hey, we've got our chief medical officer and first officer, Eli O'Connor. We're here for the next ten episodes. Don't forget, and you're here forever. <laughs> Our chief engineer, Rick Tier. Uh, uh, sorry, I built uh, Hotel California. You can always come in, but you can never leave. And I'm Duncan Idaho, as I just realized I forgot to introduce myself. And I play various characters. Who are you again? Tonight! Uh, I'm the guy. Um, uh, say no more. You're the guy. Yeah, I'm a guy. Uh, I'm, I'm a not guy. a guy. I'm the cover of the game. And then... There's like a like a like a potato shaped thing. I also play the potato shaped thing. I want to be the guy. <laughs> Trust me, if Spy Kids has taught me anything, you do not want to be the guy. I want to stop existing. Oh, welcome to Star Trek nihilism. <laughs> I'm just thinking back to Spy Kids, and it's just like, oh my god, like that. I do have brain cells dedicated to that still. I still have the 3D uh, glasses. Uh, Oh my god. <laughs> that No joke, they're, they're out in the now, garage. I can't keep them in a cigar box. I, I'm and now also remembering that Shark Boy versus Lava Girl, or Shark Boy and Lava Girl also existed, so we're just going to move on right now before my brain just absolutely implodes with whatever that, like, era of before this becomes a four-parter. Yeah, basically, of me just having like a nervous breakdown about remembering Shark Boy uh, and Larva Girl. It wasn't like what you know a bad movie for it? what it was. It's nothing. It's just like my br like it's recognizing, like I don't know, just something. It's something in the distant past, and it's like, oh, that, I, I don't know where to place that. Anyway, hey, uh, the crew him to the bridge and have him court martialed. <laughs> the crew. You remember the uh, cause? The, no, the crew. Uh, and we're not going to edit any of this out. Um, so the crew is currently at the uh, supply depot slash bar in uh, uh, Porthos uh, Potholy, small little mining settlement on the planet of Archer. That the crew is doing a little bit of a humanitarian mission around. Uh, the doggos are being fed and are playing in the snow. Grimnir is taking care of that. While... Um, Chorog, you are dealing with the after effects of whatever happened to you last episode. Chorog can be found nearby having a very jaunty conversation with a light pole. Chorog's brain is still somewhat scrambled from his attempt to intimidate a bison. Kara just watches him dish passionately while making space for Daniel's tent while offloading some of the medical supplies. Also, Kara's player would like to remind our audience, you get what you pay for on this show. <laughs> we get paid? That's the yeah, joke. That's the point. What's this you speak of? Look, I don't know about all you guys, but I know I don't get paid. 
That's it. I need to renego- renegotiate my contract. I can offer you one peanut. Box of raisins. A hearty good handshake. That's what I can offer you. Oi. Rick Tear, what are you... Here, what are you up to? Uh, having um, helped uh, DB sort of fix up his little jetpack now that uh, the squirrels have been chewed out of it, uh, Rick Tears just sort of um, doesn't really have anything to do, but uh, he'll, he'll just uh, sort of have a quick look around, see if there's anything. Uh, Chat a few people, see if there's anything quickly that could be done to help with the people there. Shouldn't matter for the recording. Yeah, I was about um, to ask. He was like in and out. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit of an internet hiccup. Uh, okay, yeah. So, uh, by the way, I do have a bit of did have a quite a bit of lag spike there. <laughs> so I've just basically derailed this for nothing. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it didn't help. But uh, basically, I just wanted to have a quick yeah, look I'll around and. Uh, yeah, you're just you know I'm hanging out, chatting up. Yeah, you good. Yeah, so you're able to talk to some of the locals and uh, uh, talk to some of the locals and um, uh, basically see to the you know just kind of get a general feel for the material needs of the camp. It's pretty well set up, despite really not a problem with insulation, heating system, environment systems seem to be all pretty good. Some of it seems recent installations, so trickled um, some uh, more in help to these folks out, but yeah, basically they are um, good to go. Um, let's see. So um, Eli, uh, the vaccine line is starting to ebb, and uh, basically you're running through all your doses, everything looks good, not a whole lot of problems you know, beyond what you would expect out of, you know, just miners living out in the relative wilderness of a Star Trek planet. And, uh, yeah, um, things seem to be sort of winding down there. So you can start trying to collect your crew because, you know, you have to make it to the last settlement, um, uh, of, uh, Tecr- or, uh, Shranville. All right. All right well, I'm going right. to, I forgot what I was going to say. Shit. <laughs> um, yeah, so your primary concern right now is just making sure, you know, everything's ready to go. So uh, you may have overheard the uh, business with uh, Daniel's tent. You may have noticed Chorog's acting a bit strange. Um, and then, of course, there's the whole, you know, making sure with Rick that uh, Daniel's... All right, well, uh, once I'm finished with the line, I'm going to... Chorog is having a conversation with a little... Chorog, you good, buddy? Adam. You'll have to wait. You're talking I- to a lamp, buddy. Negotiating for some fender. No, it's not. It's a lamp. It's it's a it's Madam, a leg. You're quite confused. I'm talking to bartender right now. I know I have. Okay, if you wish to be pushy, you can talk to you can talk to the bartender now, ma'am. I'm, I'm talking to Vulcan Nerfinchim. Uh, go. Or I'm still trying it. So you can fall over yet. Yeah. So you can do the. Yeah. So you can basically, as he's falling, you can try to Vulcan neck pinch him to make sure that you kind of like you're 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 kind of going for a reset there. Like, okay, let's just turn him off and turn him back on again and see what happens. So give me a control medicine roll. Damn, I'm good at both of those things. Hey. 
<laughs> oh no. <laughs> one success, one complication. Um. Ooh. Oh, how evil could I be here? Not necessarily so in any plot evil. sense. No, it, it's 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 not evil, evil. But um, all right. So you're able to um, yeah. So what you're able to do is basically on his way down, you're able to get him Vulcan neck pinch. But with the fact that it, it I mean, he's a Nausicaan, B in motion. I mean, you get the pinch, but you kind of give a little bit of a jolt to his uh, nervous system as well. Nothing to worry about. Readings wouldn't really pick up anything. But um, Charog, when you wake up, you're going to have a, a form of aphasia that changes your accent for the episode. I'm so sorry. Charog, where he gets the neck pinch, feels his eyes go across. Adam, this is my haversack, and you can't have none before hitting, before hitting the ground. <laughs> I mean, like, face first in the snow. <laughs> We're in a bar, what? Oh, he's outside. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, so he's just outside the bar. Eli uh, rubs his temples a bit and is like, well, I can't believe that worked. I only ever read it in a book. And suddenly you hear Chorog begin to snore loudly. I'm going to give him a scan. Uh, give me a, uh, let's see, give me an insight medical. That should be One two success. successes. You're able to... Ad- Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. So two successes. With two successes, you're able to tell that, okay, his uh, his normal readings are starting to settle back to normal, but you do notice something a little bit off with uh, the aphasia that will affect Chorog. So you can attempt to save him. But I definitely am going to at least treat the concussion part. (laughs) Okay, so so you're able to give, except for the temporary aphasia. You're bound to determine to kill me tonight, aren't you? Do the strong voice and the accent I'm planning is turn. Okay, well, why so you it's, just it's do a different be, voice with, with the accent. Basically, his aphasia will wear off, so I'll give you baby control of when that happens. I'm, uh, I'm just going to my own self and just do the other voice. Okay. Yeah, you, you could say yeah. it's like vocal cords relaxed. So Alrighty. So, so sits, he sits up Brushes snow off him, looks around for a minute, looks up at Eli and says, Howdy, y'all! What's going on around here? Wait, why do I sound like I'm from the South? What's going on around What's going on around here? Kara looks awesome. over Kara looks over from her sled and just kind of shouts, Rick, come on, we're leaving. Alright, Hold on a second. You, sir, have some explaining to do. What's it going on, my voice? I, I say, I say, what's it going on, my boy? What's it going on, my voice? I get it. I get it, Foghorn Leghorn. Just hold on a minute. <laughs> what the Foghorn Leghorn? Oh, I ought to challenge you to a duel for that, boy. That says it's not polite. Kara. Yeah. I think we're going to be switching, uh, Switching partners. <laughs> nope. Bye. Yep. Bye. <laughs> Wrong. If you leave, you're getting a... R- I'm writing you up. She's left anyway. Rick is on the back. Rick, if you go with her, you're getting rid up too. <laughs> um, you get, the, there is one other option. Wait, hold on. You do have one other option. There is the Grimnir um, Daniel team as well. There's three, or, there's three sluts. Yeah, but that's not fair. 
I mean, here. yeah, okay. I mean, you could basically take Grimnir with you, and then it's the Daniel uh, Chorog sleigh. Yeah, but neither of them know how to drive. Okay. Uh, all right. So the group starts taking off, and basically you're on your way through the last leg, through rather more mountainous area, um, towards the settle, the larger settlement of Shranville. Anything going on in space yet? Probably. I'm freezing up shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, back on the bridge, Marcus is um, just basically... Uh, keeping status there, keep, keeping an eye on the situation, just making sure that the, you know, the anomalies that the Ion Storm is causing on Reliant Ship systems aren't really having too bad of an effect. Engineering team is able to kind of keep things level. You know, nothing, uh, nothing too concerning. I mean, um, the shields are still down from the Ion Storm. Yeah, but it's not like it's, like, spreading to, like, there's, like, it's not like other systems are having hiccups yet. 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 Setsa looks over. So, um... I found an asteroid. Hold on, I'm in the middle of a sneeze. <laughs> I think it's passing. Okay. Um, all right. Anything in particular about this asteroid? Well, it's there, and it's kind of the only one, so I thought that was interesting. Uh, anything interesting about the metallurgical composition? Is it uh, any signs of mining? Oh, no, it's totally non-ferrous. It looks like it's mostly silica. All right. Organic compounds? Negative. Uh, let's see. But, I mean, but it's look, a... it's got a little smiley face on it. She brings up the view screen where the shadows kind of make it look like there's a smiley face on the asteroid. Graves blinks. Um, right. Uh, you didn't draw that on, did you? There's a long pause followed by no. All right. Well, I guess log it. Interesting little thing. Put it on the Starfleet newsletter. Happy asteroid discovered at Archer System. Hey, guess what? Roll insight command or insight security. Okie dokie. Alright, uh Graves is sheet. Didn't even have your sheet okay. ready. No, I had John's sheet ready for some reason. I forgot I had put it under Marcus Graves rather than just Graves, so I had to just roll up and down. So the insight of the security. Damn. <laughs> Graves is not very insightful. Two successes, though. Behind the asteroid, you see a glimpse of some sort of nacelle-looking thing. Graves, like, mm-hmm. Sensa, how upset would you be if I requested a photon torpedo into the smiling face of her new friend? There's another long pause. <laughs> Why would you do that? That's mean. All right, let's just fire a probe around the thing. Uh, get ready... Yes, yellow alert. Uh, it's not really going to have much of an effect right now, but let's just keep... Really interested in this asteroid, even more than... Do you want to roll that? No, no, for her, she can just... It's perfectly yeah, ordinary for sets to miss something like that. She just auto-fails. Yeah, smiley face <laughs> equals the overwhelming. Hey, we got a gr uh, grumpy. The smiley face... Oh, and hey, if we have a grumpy, um, yeah, Chorog thing with him. I'm taking Daniel. Yeah, um, as a recap for uh, Grimnir, so uh, temporary aphasia, and uh, yeah, something uh, that's not going to be of any particular. Um, so, what's our role? How are you for? firing it? Uh, yeah. It would be set. So it'd be a probably an insight science role with a ship assist. 
I think it might be control science since you're, you know, controlling the probe, but... Yeah, I mean, okay, either okay. one works. Which is the weaker one? <laughs> Neither. Ah, uh, for uh, damn. Yeah, I think sets us about the same on both. Well, g- go for it, I guess. Okay, and then ship assist will be a 13. One success on her roll, and then Magell's having a breakdown. And yeah, one so let's go with that first roll. ice. Yeah, one success there. Uh, what is, is, is ships automatically have focuses, so that could be great. Oh, well then, you know, probably. <laughs> so, uh, three successes in total. Alright, three successes. Um, you fire the probe, it go, starts to go around the asteroid, and suddenly a green, or green, a purple beam fires out and hits it directly. Setsa screams, Oh my god! Smiley face asteroid ate the probe! Graves, um, I'd say shields up, but uh, phaser lens, standby, photon torpedoes are the ready. Um, let's go ahead and put out a general hail. If they don't uh, acknowledge it, we're going to start trimming out uh, smiley face asteroid. Sets up pouts crossing our arms. You can fire a torpedo at it now. It's mean. Alright. Graves kind of gives it a second and Says, all right, uh, let's back the ship up, uh, Moon, back the ship up a bit, and ready a photon torpedo. Larissa calls, aye, Captain. Always a good time to blow something up. All right, Nick needs a six, so let's go ahead and do a shooty-shooty roll. Uh, Larissa is going to do a roll here. Um, I'm just going to throw this in as a tactical roll, if Majel cooperates. If Majel cooperates... Uh, Rick! Uh, Joe might be dead. <laughs> Let me try something. What's the number? Yeah, I just get a bunch of... Di- uh, 14 uh, with a focus of 4. So, I yeah. I mean, got some other... I want to spend threat here, by the way. Okay. Um, yeah, Majil's dead. Well, games cancel, okay. everyone. Okay. See you for the four party. <laughs> yeah, I'll just keep you it. You to grab uh, physical dice and roll for everybody? Uh, yeah, I've also got, uh, Bing Dice Roller here, so. Bing? Let me give it a... It's got one, if you just search for it. I'm gonna do a dice roll. Google's got it, too. Bing. Yeah, you just uh, input 2d20. Bing pays Bing. So, one success from Larissa, and then, of course, ship is helping. Ship is helping is gonna be great, though. Spending a comp, that's, uh... They're spending a threat that's comp, yeah. See, right. you shouldn't well, let me roll good. because I got a one and a two instead of that. Okay, yeah, so we got uh, another success. The target was 11 on the ship roll. So we got two successes and a complication. I have it if you want me to go. Any complaints? Shall I do the comp? Uh, uh, do we have Okay, well, I'll just Cara, take care Cara of it. Kara has a suggestion. Has a suggestion. Yeah. What is the suggestion? Because I had something since you know I'm, you know doing. Well the then scene. go. Well, then. If you had it, if you had it, go. Yeah, I was just giving it a second since we were figuring out the dice. To- okay, yeah. Anyway, um, as uh, God damn it, he's yelling at his PC. Um, as uh, the Reliant shoots at the asteroid, you notice it's getting closer to you as it's being as if it's being thrown at the Reliant. You managed to hit it just in time, shattering it to pieces, but it... Well, yep, Car just put in chat. It's getting shotgunned into the hole. 
You're getting rained on by the asteroid. And now it is clear as day what was behind it. I will... See if I can just grab something really quick. Though everyone already knows what this is. Larissa looks out at the image and says, And me without my bug spray. Hey. Great. Great. As the uh, ship... uh, Morning light starts to uh, yells out, uh, phasers, uh, target their engines. You know, target their weapon system. Larissa hesitates for a moment to make sure he's not going to say a third thing, and then she fires. I'd say on Larissa to be another 14 with a focus of four roll. Two successes and a comic. <laughs> Technically, the ship might be assisting, too. I, don't I mean, a ship can help. So, uh, one success on that first ice. So, three successes and a complication. It worked really well, but... Well, you managed to knock out the weapons, but now it's charging you. Base of action. Moon is, uh, doing his best. Roll. Two successes. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah. So, basically, the Ensign Moon's able to, um, basically, uh, shift the Reliant, um... So it only it it it's ma- it's able to the Jem'Hadar uh, ship misses um, at this point, but the Reliant because it's coming in at just ramming speed, it's not going to be in a great like firing position. You've got some aft weapons um, to play with at this point, but yeah, the Jem'Hadar ship is still kind of a threat. Setsa just kind of is holding onto our console, just kind of peeking over it. Don't they know if they hit us, that'll hurt them too? Graves uh, says, um, yeah, they're they're perfectly aware of that. Uh, I recommend reviewing some Dominion War tactics. They did like to ram things, so let's not give them another opportunity. Uh, go ahead, target the propulsion systems. Aye, sir. And Larissa fires the rear phaser bank. Uh, go ahead and do another target 14 roll. Three successes. All right. Well, um, you managed to take out its impulse drive um, pretty darn well at this point. And then there's the signal from the Jem'Hadar attack ship that it's about to go to warp. So, yeah, basically. Um, Weapons are recharging, sir. Right. Uh, yeah, just because it's better. But let's go ahead and just take a quick break. So, yeah, uh, sorry for the little hiccup there. Um, so, yeah, basically, the Reliant's able to damage the impulse drive of the um, Jem'Hadar vessel, but it basically uses the, that opportunity to just jump straight to warp. So, um, the Ion Storm is definitely going to obscure the signature, and Reliant, well, looks pretty dented up, but it is in the clear. With that, we cut down to the Sled Dog teams. So, doggos are happily plotting, plotting away, on the snow, you know, getting some nice open terrain here. They're all happy and, yeah, everything's good. Although, let's go ahead and have um, Kara, Daniel, and uh, Grimnir. Actually, let me think. Actually, Kara, Rick, and Grimnir. Uh, let's get ahead. Uh, wait, oh, God, I'm th- or messing up the configuration of the slides. The people driving last time had been Kara, Grimnir, and... Uh... Eli. Okay, so a let's go with for Grimnir and uh, Kara a engineering insight roll. Well, that's an unusual one. What am I, chopped liver? I mean, yeah, you can do it too. 
Alright, well I'm going to do my thing. I'm a doctor, not an engineer, so I can roll with my medicine instead of engineering. One success for Whiteley. Yeah, I got one success too, surprisingly. Note what my target was. Oof. Yeah. Wow. Um, And then two successes for uh, Eli. So yeah, as you're uh, going along, it's open terrain, but it starts to get a little bit bumpier. But um, basically you're able to maneuver things, so you're not putting too much stress on the overladen, uh, well, the laden um, uh, sleds. So no one has, say, a ski runner break at this point. Um, But the terrain starts to become a little bit more, well, you start to notice a big, you know, ice boulder here, ice boulder there, and start to close in more and more. Ice boulders here and there and there and there. Until, well, you kind of reach a point where kind of getting starting to get a little blocked in as you kind of uh, as you approach a um, bit of a uh, little ice boulder field car looks at all the car looks at all the ice boulders everywhere the hell is this a cryovolcano does this look like it's uh just kind of naturally occurring or is this or is this like odd in any way no it's naturally occurring there's some glaciers up ahead and basically just looks like some spill from the collapse of those glaciers. Your course will take you away from the glaciers themselves and sort of down the mountain, but you're kind of just dealing with uh, spillage, kind of like packed on with um, spillage down slope, packed on with snow. So, yeah, you're you're. It's not something that's looking like this is a trap. It just looks right. like well, it's just rough. It's just difficult terrain. So Chorog's riding with Grimnir now, since I I ordered the swap out. So. <laughs> okay. Eli hands uh, Daniel a phaser. What? Wait, what? What am I doing with this? Huh? Uh, uh, see if you can clear the path. Like flatten, what? flatten out some of these. What you mean? Just, just shoot the boulders? Yeah. As, as Kara sees Daniel waving around a phaser now, she slows her dogs and goes in behind Eli. <laughs> uh, give me a. Control security rule. I'm going to spend two threat. Complication range is 18. Spend a third threat? I'll spend a third threat, so your complication range is now 17. Rowing what? Daniel is rowing the security. has the phaser. Ah. Control security. Okay. Oh. Uh, so, Daniel. When you use phasers that up, it would take to remove one of or to sort of carve out and clear out a little bit of the bullet you know, water away. So the phaser shot in a compression bolt and basically... Yeah, before Daniel shoots, he says, well, if you insist, and then blasts it. Charles says, oh, my word, boy, have you never fired a phaser before? Eli now, shouts, it's, it's you be do a downright play. Boy, give me that phaser, I'll show you how it's done. You're on a different thing. Uh, on a different cart. Get your own phaser. Yeah, and Charles would... Yeah, Chorog would have access to, like, basically low-powered survival phasers. Chorog probably brought us disruptor pistols. I mean, probably, but at the very least, he would have access to those. I'm just going to point out that as Grimner's driving the sled or whatever they're doing, every time Chorog speaks, Grimner just looks at him with the most incredulous look you've ever seen on Grimner's broad, bearded face in your life. <laughs> just like, what the fuck is going on? Chorog looks up at Grimner. I worry, boy, you look like you've seen, you, you seen a specter. <laughs> I, 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 I can shoot the fly, I can shoot the wings off a fly at 20 paces. 
All right, go ahead and try. Yeah, so I'm going to spend another three threat. Um, 17. Trog pulls his disruptor out and begins to twirl it, twirl it around, kind of fancy-like. What am I rolling? Uh, control security. You didn't even need the threat. Mm. Amazing. No. All right. So, I mean, you're able to get another shot off, but, I mean, there's a little bit of a bump, and you lose your grip on the pistol and it goes tumbling into the snow. Well, that's never happened before. You See, go to try to retrieve it. And it looks. That dang pistol leaped right out of my head like it was committing suicide. What the hell's going on? Kara looks around and just pulls out her heavy phaser pistol and says, Oh, hell, I'll do it myself. Oh, hold on there, little lady. Give me another shot. Doesn't have his pistol. So, Kara, Kara, you're, Kara is free to uh, have a go. No complications for her, then. Uh, two successes, because I have uh, augmented control. Alright, so yeah, you're able to clear out the rest of the boulders, and Charog is now down one pistol since he didn't leap to try to retrieve it. Yeah, it's lost to the snow now. Easy come, easy go, I guess. I got plenty back right. I got plenty back at, at uh, the homestead. We could probably well, find it and beam it up later after the ion storm's done. While probably. the rest of the boulders are being blasted, Daniel's just, like, fiddling with the phaser with his space gloves, just kind of mumbling, mumbling to himself. So, will you put that thing away before you hurt yourself? Oh, you're one to talk, Sheriff. What we have here is, is a distinct lack of respect for the law. You're not the law. He's the opposite of the law. The camera just kind of zooms over to Kara, who just has her eyes squinched shut like she's having a really bad headache. Grimnir literally face bombs. So, uh... At what point does Grimnir just... So, the, um... At what point does Grimnir just hit... At what point does Grimnir just reach up and hit Trog in the head with his fist and drive him into the ground like a railroad spike? Just a a, uh, concussive reset of his brain. You can try that in just a minute here. (laughs) <laughs> so, um, so, anyway, to continue things on, guys, um, the sled team is basically, you clear the you clear the boulder field, Kara is basically just sweeping out, just carving things off, you know, nice and gently, not upsetting the doggos, and, um, yeah, they're basically, they're excited to find, you know, each of these little new paths as they're uh, carved out, and the, um, the, the sled team basically is able to follow the, uh, the guidance they have. Uh, on their terrain maps, and starts making their way down the mountainside, you know, through, back through some uh, alpine, until they, you know, come upon, well, uh, what's on the map marked as Shranville, um, doesn't really seem to be too much, except for, I mean, there's, like, a building, like, kind of a cabin, but, uh, yeah, there's a cabin coming up. Car just starts to slow her sled, just says, oh, my god. Did we come out here for, like, one dude? Eli slowing down, neck, um, parking the sled next to cars. Uh, I hope we fucking didn't. Um, let me scan for energy signatures, just in case something's covered up by the snow. And Daniel... Alright, go ahead all... and give me a uh, insight engineering roll. And Daniel is also all, was also going to try and scan for life forms. Oh, so one to right, say this. Um, Daniel, uh, so when the shooting work? was happening, uh, the fox poked out of Eli's hood and just stared at Daniel before going back in. <laughs> so, uh, Daniel, uh, insight science. 
There we go. Two successes. Um, Rick, you'll find... You know, it could probably be rigged up to you know, power three, but you know, it's just kind of you know, being really used to power. I, know, I mean, there's a bunch of stuff in the forest. There might be something like a dog at the camp, or at the settlement, but... Uh, I'm, I'm only reading one guy. We have enough vaccines for so many people. Mm. Is the... Uh, and yeah, um, there's this the last one stop? So the, uh... the the sled teams, so the sled teams uh, make their way to the uh, make their way to the, the hut. You know, some old Starfleet issue, uh, like environment, like environmental jacket. Um, steps out and says, "Oh, right, Dad. Oh, hello, Dad. Um, yes, I quite wasn't expecting this, and the governor called, and oh my, you pizza delivery." You have pizza too? No, no, I'm, I'm being facetious. Ah, I see. Well, Starfleet doesn't uh, always send you on the best runs. Ah, my name is Davidson. Oh, no, uh, yeah, I've just been, you know, uh, I've been living out here in retirement, and yeah, I'm all ready to get shot up. Uh, yeah. Uh, can I get you anything? We got a replicator here. I don't know. Do you have anything that'll stop an ion storm? Right, not. Oh, back on the D, we uh. Uh, had a little incident or two with ion storms and uh, best hunker down, really. The D? Yeah, Grimnir tilts his head at that. <laughs> well, you know, uh, riding the D. Served as a, uh, 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 as a junior EPS specialist back in the day. Uh, a little old. Uh, some of the best units in service. You don't you look old on the Enterprise. Uh, yeah, I, I did serve on the Enterprise and. Uh, one feather for the cap also served on the Sutherland, the uh, Lexington. Oh, wait, which one? Uh, the uh, he get, he gives a uh, old, older uh, serial number or registry number, so it wouldn't have been the uh, Lexington class. Carter, meanwhile, has like stopped the sled and is dealing with the dogs, and she just mutters to herself, "Something about this is giving me the biggest feeling of deja vu." Okay, not I I, I know not the Lexington class, but like Eli was born on a USS Lexington. That's why he's asking. Oh, let's go. It's totally the same one, then. Okay, so the NCC 170... Or 1709A. Okay, so 1709A. Got it. It's a sovereign. Yeah, so, uh... Yeah, the old man says, uh... Oh, yes, um, so for the, uh, hypospray, do you want to just do it here? Starts to, like, unzip I mean, his coat. I mean, if you're not gonna freeze by doing that... Let's just go inside. Uh, the man nods, and... Uh, leads whoever will care to follow him inside. It's a, you know, a couple of and, uh, few rooms kind of partitioned off the high ceiling and uh, a bit of Starfleet memorabilia about the place. Uh, some old you know, uh, Enter Enterprise D style uniform hung up in a uh, bit of a frame. Uh, some old phaser pistols and, you know, f uh, more modern uh, sort of a civilian uh, phaser rifle. And there's a, uh, a Labrador just kind of chilling on the couch. For reference, Kara didn't go in. She just kind of fell backwards into the snow, muttering, bury me with the dogs. Daniel just kind of looks down at her and asks, wait, so is, like, serving on the Enterprise a big deal or something? Like, I don't... Are, are those ships significant? Is this, is this like, uh, some important person, or...? The old man looks at Daniel and says, Ah, new boy, is he? Really displaced. Ah, gotcha. Not as good as a wink. So, uh, yeah, he's taken off his jacket. He's got his sleeve exposed, and 
is pretty well muscled, but uh, but also old. And it says, "Yeah, just run here and you'll be on your way." Um, see, take it you're going to Sato City next. I guess so. Eli says as he gives him the hypo. Uh, my mom is still the captain of the Lexington, by the way. Oh, great to see that's still in service. Ah, oh, didn't spend much time there, but fine ship. Most advanced I served on in my years. Uh, the man uh, kind of rolls down his sleeve again and says, All right, so I guess take it. Governor didn't quite complete our itinerary, so uh, let me just I'll feed you some coordinates on that datapad you've got there, and there you go. It's not a pretty short sled ride. Should find some good accommodations there. It's one of the largest cities on the planet, so yeah, it should be good for you. So, why are you out here all alone? Uh, like it this way. I mean, spending a whole life on a shard, starship, surrounded by people, not so much with nature, especially, you know, in the engineering corps. And you don't have any family? Uh, none surviving, so... Yeah, I got some friends back in Sato City, and, you know, check in there every weekend. Ah, uh, well, good luck to you, then. And nods, turns on a, uh, turns on a, uh, hollow TV. Eli... Exits. So the crew's free to exit, and uh, yeah, you've got your last leg of the trip here over to Sato City coming up. So you guys think Sato City's going to be like four people? Maybe five, could you believe it? I mean, if uh, Tranville isn't really much of a ville, but uh, hopefully this will actually be a city. Uh, yeah, there are. Uh, can you hear me now? Oh, no, still... Yep. Yeah, we can hear you now. Okay, um, so I was just saying, uh, as as quietly as, um, we get start to get back on board, Trinity wasn't, wasn't much of a village, but uh, hopefully Soda City will actually be a city. Or it has risen and has would kill. If you'd like, you can set up camp. That would not. If we're gonna stop here, we could just. I mean, it's the middle of the day, but we, if we're stopping, he's like sleep on his floor. It was a joke. And yeah. wait a minute, you don't have you don't pack a, a a mattress with your tent. I didn't pack a tent. No, I neither I did I. To... We were given these. Well, you got, you got, you guys didn't have mattresses with yours. Uh, I I didn't have one. Period. The I, well, it's more like I was a, a mat, but yeah. Mine was mine was yeah. gotten from the last town. So, Sato City, let's go. Yeah, Sato City. Hi. So the group continues on to Sato City. So yeah, you got a little bit of an alpine area again. So you've got you know big pine trees, glistening with snow, occasional occasional elk, occasional you know, lone male bison. The um, just checking something real quick. All right. So uh, yeah, the um. The, uh, let's see. The way the Sato kind of keeps getting more and more sort of downhill um, as you're kind of entering in a more of a lowland area. So, yeah, you've got some, some, uh, some, yeah, some open, you know, some opening planes starting to uh, pop up. And uh, odd that you hear a little bit of a trumping in the distance. Kara just steers away from wherever the noise seems to be coming from. Uh, Daniel lifts up his visor to hear better and try to f- identify the sound. I, I mean, it, it it just generally sounds like it sounds like a general trumpeting. 
Is it like an animal or an instrument at least? Uh, animal. Definitely animal. Kind of a weird okay. animal. Kind of a little bit of a warble to it. Daniel Lowther lowers his visor again. Got a question. Yep. Do those like sort of electro binocular style things like in Star Wars exist that of like the thermal vision? I'm not sure what they'd be called in Trek, oh. but you know what I mean, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. So you definitely would be able to use like that tech absolutely has to exist. So Alright, then I, I I'm pulling one of those out and taking a taking a gander. Alright, so down in the lowlands area, you see well I mean, this definitely isn't Earth life. It's probably one of the, like, one of the um, remaining, not, like, yeah, one of the remaining examples of the native flora in the area. It was close, because it's basically this plated, a little bit skin, but uh, skinny, but um, this plated, large, quadrupedal, kind of a mammoth-like thing with a sort of a long proboscis snout broken into three parts and a long tongue. It's basically just grazing through the vegetation and, uh, yeah, just basically filling in a similar ecological niche as mammoths did on Earth at some point. Kara takes a few scans and recordings and Riley remarks to herself, I see SCP-810 has breached containment again. I don't get it. Oh, it's just this... It, it's uh, it's an old Earth internet thing. It's, it, it, it doesn't matter. Uh, you got some grazing herbivores in the distance. Grimnir. Yes. You, does, uh, does Grimnir recognize these as, like, mammoths? Does he have any reaction to them? Like... Oh, I, I just saw the one on the bottom. I didn't see the one on top. Oh, yeah. Uh, the one on the bottom is what's there. Kara just had guessed that it was going to be a woolly mammoth. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. No. So at a distance, this thing looks like a mammoth. Okay. I was going to say that totally looks like uh, something you might see in Morrowind. I was thinking about it, Nick. Uh, I was. I, I do. I did want to actually have a little bit of alien love yeah, here. I mean, we can do it. Grimner, Grimner probably does a double take. He's like, "Is that a? Oh, uh. he gets this weirded look out his face, and somebody probably looks at him like, "What?" And he's just like, "Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no." Kara just calls Not over quite him. Not like home. Car just calls over to him. Nature isn't always pretty. Sometimes it's unsettlingly familiar, though. What's wrong with it? Eh, you wouldn't understand if I told you. Try me. Uh, let's go ahead and, uh, at this very moment, Grimnir, go ahead and give me an inside security. Okie dokie. Actual Here's mammoth. <laughs> in the tree line right okay. in front of your... and not run into it. Yeah. So while he's uh, distracted by the strange, uh, I'm trying to remember what it looks like. Uh, Strider? Anyway. No, I, I can't remember now. Anyway, it doesn't matter. As, as Grimnir kind of shake that off, he turns to focus back on uh, what he's supposed to be doing, and then he notices they're about to get into trouble into a giant-ass mammoth. Well, <laughs> he pulls the dogs off to the side. He watches as the mammoth goes by, and he's just like, Now that's more my cup of tea! Daniel opens his mouth, and then... Of course, now Grimner's looking around to see if there's anything accompanying the mammoth. No, no, just a mammoth. It's kind of taking... It's occupying more of the forested habitat, while the alien... So, kind of doing the similar things. I mean, settlers must have thought, like, hey, we got these cloned mammoths, so they probably fit in well here. Although, 
Fortunately, they didn't completely displace the native li- uh, wildlife here. Oh yeah, after and, uh, after. Oh, sorry. Uh, go for it. After after Daniel decides not to make a comment on on Chorog's comment, he then does a du- he then does a double take, looking back and asks, "Is that a is is that a woolly mammoth?" It's a woolly mammoth, yeah. You know those were extinct in my time, right? You realize you had cloning in your time, too. There was, like, a sheep. Well, yeah, but, like, it wasn't, like, perfect. We we didn't bring anything back from extinction. If you think think that was impressive, what you need to do is go learn about Kirk's old trip to get humpback whales. What? Something happens to the whales? And now you understand why you can't go back. (laughs) <laughs> uh, so uh at this the, the the basically yeah as you guys proceed on you just hear a little bit of a little back and forth a little trumpeting merry call between the the mammoth and the alien mammoth they're just like toot 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 toot, toot and just keep going down the merry way and uh yeah basically you start you know in the distance there's you know a bit of cloud cover but you can start seeing a bit of you know, a bit of an amber haze on the uh uh on the uh, hillsides, kind of poking up from the horizon, and then it you know becomes a little bit more pronounced. You start seeing a little bit, you know, of a building here and there, and yeah, you guys are starting to approach uh, Sato City, which is an actual city. It's a, uh, a settlement n- uh, nestled in a uh, kind of some low lying hills, but uh, yeah, it seems the pretty darn well developed. You've got some large buildings, you've got some look, looks like industrial facilities, and even some like government buildings and uh, civic centers. It's very Tara, warm, very inviting. Tara just gives a large yawn as she brings the dogs in. Okay, now this... This is more like what I'm expecting when a map marks something and calls it a city. Or a ville, or a borough, or any of those, really. Really, if it's marked on a map, I expect it to be this size. Yeah. I mean, it could be smaller, too. I mean, I think a ville is any, like, at least three or four houses would at least be something... So yeah, let's, let's head in. All right, and for one last opportunity, let's go ahead and the sled team leaders uh, just go ahead and give me another uh, control con. I thought it was command. I have an idea for uh, this. It. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was about to say Kara got. Let's see, animal behavior should go on this, so she's got four successes. All right, and yeah, let's go ahead and make it either control, uh, con, or command. Uh, the for, dogs are the one doing uh, the heavy lifting, so yeah. Yeah. I, I have an idea yeah. for if Eli gets a, a complication. I'm not spending threat here, so. Damn. Oh, he's good, two I, successes, I, and then Grimnir would be the last one. Yeah, for some reason, uh, Majel did not uh, like my command. Let's try that again. There we go. Two successes. All right, everyone's able to keep the dogs in line. They're, you know, it's been a bit of a journey, and you're getting the hang of, you know, how your little team operates. It's just, you know, they're your little buddies. They've, you know, seen you through a, you know, rather unusual away mission, and start pulling into the city, and you can immediately see sort of the kennels, uh, yeah, in the, uh, just in the city gates, where, yeah, basically people are, you know, used to pulling in their sled teams and either turning them in or just kind of uh, kenneling them over there overnight. Kara, first to arrive, just kind of stops the sled, pulls off the cargo, and hands everything sled-related over to one of the helpers, and it's just like, okay, bye. 
Aw, not going to say goodbye to doggos. She's already thinking that she's going to have to take three or four showers because Nala's going to go nuts when she gets back to the ship and smells like a horde of different dogs. All right. So, yeah, Kara's able to, yeah, basically, uh, yeah, get the sort of the um, the cargo helpers to um, identify, to take care of the survival gear. Um, vaccines, the remaining vaccines are basically with Eli at this point. Although, for administration, they do have medical facilities here. So this is more of a delivery run rather than direct administration. I'm still probably going to help. Okay. Yeah, Grimmer. Yeah. Oh, go so, ahead. Uh, so, yeah, so as Eli pulls in, uh, you and Rick are basically free to take care of stuff as well. And that just leaves the, um, or, yeah, him and DB, but Rick at this point is freed out as well. But basically, take care of the gear and stuff. They got swapped. Grimnir and Grimnir and Chorog arrive at, at the panel. I thoroughly enjoyed that. Grimnir just nods expectation, <laughs> and uh, when he realizes this is the end of the line and we're we're parting with the dogs, all the doggos, he's like, "I'm gonna miss you so much." The doggos, like even the doggos that weren't part of his team, all kind of just swarm over for a swarm over Grimnir. All like licking him and you know just joining in the hug. So he... <laughs> Eli is saying goodbye to some dogs too. I'm gonna miss you most of all, Roscoe, and you, you too, Bo. It just makes a mental note to bring Nala by later to help air with his dog. Uh, you know, so one of the cargo handlers we points uh, whoever needs it right now um, over to a local local um, hotel, which you know has been. Yeah, basically, uh, the crew has, you know, free free rooms for the night for their service to the colony. And, uh, yeah, your guys are basically able to either help out with medical equipment or basically just head down to the hotels, which has, you know, the usual hotel amenities, you know, pool, spa, cozy rooms, sure. restaurant, a bar. Kara looks from the concierge who's just told her this down to her rumpled, dirty, fur-covered uniform that she's been wearing for the past Two or three days. Looks back up at him and just says, I'm going to go take a shower. I'm going to go find me a bar. I have a taste of some bourbon. And he'll just kind of, like, I guess he's still by the sleds, or, or by the dogs, and just kind of asks to the room, So, is this our last stop? A dog just barks at him. Oh, I thought there were people still there. Okay, never mind. Oh, Grimner is, but he's buried yeah. under a bunch of dogs. He probably can't hear you. Uh, <laughs> Well, I guess Daniel takes his still unused tent and heads over to the towards the hotel to to leave his leave his stuff, I guess. As Charles is walking to the bar, he doesn't see a rather big patch of ice, starts losing his feet and goes headlong into a big support column. You 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 hit the support column. With a rather sickening thud. And just Crumples to the ground. Eli is at the medical the center and does not see this. <laughs> just a random passerby goes over and helps Trog up. Is it, are, are you are you okay? That that looked like it hurt. Sounded like it too. Oh, where am I? Uh, I don't know this place. You're uh, you're in Sato City. You uh, you just arrived a, a while ago with some sled teams. Oh, the sled team. Oh yeah, those guys. Wait, we. I don't remember getting. I don't remember coming here. How'd I get here? Uh, on the on the sled, and then you said something about having a hankering for bourbon, and 
went off in this direction and slipped on the ice, and then I came over because it looked like maybe you could use a hand. Bourbon. I don't drink bourbon. I drink rum. Why does my head hurt? Well, you did just slip on this ice and fall directly into the support beam with a sickening sound. Uh, I need to go find that rum. I uh, make my head feel better. I'm 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 and, not a uh, doctor, but and then he trails off as Chorog is already leaving. Uh, uh, Rick is is starting to catch up as he saw like um, Chorog just run off, and he's trying to catch up. Chorog, he's, he's yelling, but uh, I don't think he recognized your name just yet. Chorog is just on autopilot heading to the bar because he wants a drink. A, a good, strong one. Yeah. Uh, the hotel bar is basically the first thing he'll recognize as a bar, so he's able to head over in that direction. As the others finish up work, and yeah, basically free to spend the night over at Sado City before the uh, storm eases up the next day's morning. I'm giving the shot, 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 shots. And the uh, people, or this, uh, the snow fox though, occasionally peeks out, and you know, people get a big kick out of that. And no one from the group has fully acknowledged it, so it's great. And uh, no one, like, Rick Tier is completely oblivious to the Foxo. Everyone's oblivious, it's great. Trog's sitting at the bar, you know, drinking his rum, and his, his memories are slowly starting to come back to him. He sees, he sees Eli there and it's like, oh, how's your furry little friend doing? Eli isn't there. Yeah, Eli's doing the medical uh, center. He's at the medical center. Well, Trump wanders over to the medical center with a clutching a bottle of rum. Sees Eli, you know, doing his thing. Hey, Doc, God, I, what? Can you look at my head? My head hurts. You're talking normal again. You're no longer Foghorn Leghorn. Congratulations. Yeah, come over here. Wait, what's a Foghorn Leghorn? It's talking chicken. I eat talking chickens. I like chicken. All right. Well, you're no longer a talking chicken. So yeah, come over here. I don't know. My head hurts. I don't know. Come over here. I'll wave a light over it. Go wave a light over it. Do I have to roll for this? No. Medical expert enough to basically, yeah, give good prognosis and treat it. So you don't feel the urge to do Southern. Like, now we're on North. Come on to the bar. I'll buy you a drink. I'm kind of busy here. Well, I got some venom for you. All right, fair. Yeah, I'll be there. Like, I don't know, 20 more minutes? Okay. Chorog just kind of just wanders off. As Chorog walks, the fox pops out of Eli's hood and stares at him as he leaves and just goes back into his hood. So, yeah, with that, uh, basically, it's the end of your adventure. We can have a few closing scenes if people want, but I'd like to thank the audience for joining us tonight on another episode of Star Trek Reliant. And, uh, yeah, we've got some Jem'Hadar to track down next time. And some other stuff to deal with as well. So, um, yeah, with that, uh, I'd like to remind folks that email is uh, reliant at surveycgc.com. And, yeah, take it away, anyone. And wherever you are, enjoy your day, your night, and your next week. And remember, life is mostly as happy as you make it. Or it would be except for capitalism.
if I do have a scene, but uh, it should be the last one. So does anyone have anything they want to do first? Oh, yeah. Yes, but I feel like mine should be, like, second to last because it's back up on the ship. <laughs> okay, I can do one. Uh, I can do one right now. Now I just feel bad for giving us, you know, all a nice send-off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, I was going to uh, laugh about how Duncan's off. Anybody's got any scenes they want, any any ending scenes they want to do. By the way, thank you to all our wit- listeners. It's like, what the hell? Oh, yeah, it's basically, it's the after, oh, sorry, I was trying to set up, like, basically, you know, after credits, kind of. Gotcha. Like, yeah. I got one. Trying to get that tempo right, but I, I think I put a little bit too much of an emphasis on the end of the episode. So um, Yeah, I, th- I thought you were just having, getting someone to take us out. I was like, okay, here you go. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not... <laughs> so, sorry. Um, yeah, so I got... So I got something uh, with Setsa as I just dropped into that voice. I got one for Charog, too. Okay. I have a so, very um, small it's... one that can transition to the space one. Okay. Um, so Kara gets a beep on her communicator as she's uh, in the middle of bathing. Kara reaches an arm out from the shower and fumbles and just kind of slaps at the intercom and just says, June Ronnie. What's here? How's it going? I have been trapped in the same uniform for three days. Um, my condolences for your hygiene. I'm going to be showering for the next six hours. That sounds nice. Nice and relaxing, so, uh, yeah, when you get back up here, um, yeah, things will be nice. Um, yeah, everything's good. Why do I distrust you when you phrase it like that? Um, yeah, Graves. Anyway, um, yeah, we may have had a run-in with the Jim Hadar, and, uh, blew up a smiley-faced asteroid, and it, it didn't quite go to plan. Uh, Reliance's fine, but, uh, yeah, we're gonna have to get some, uh, cosmetic repairs. On the uh, hull plating, the upper saucer, and the and the uh, the pylons, and uh, some of the nacelle gut thing too. Setsa. Yeah. Inform the captain that I'm off duty for the next day or two. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, and I'm she gonna... just reaches over and presses a button on the intercom. Next scene. Trog has found his way back to the bar, and he's sitting kind of off at a table by himself. It's, you know, kind of speeds up on the table. He's feeling pretty good, and. Subconsciously, without really him thinking about it, he's sitting there doing fancy trolls with his disruptor pistol. Not, not even not even realizing that he's doing it. Grimnir, who's behind the bar, and uh for once in a rare blue moon, Mule is actually there and, and Grimnir's just loving on that adorable sheep. He looks up at Trog and goes, What the blazes are you doing? Waving. I'm not doing nothing, I'm sitting here drinking and wait, where'd that come and- from? And spit in circles with your gun there. I don't know. I, I just started doing that. I, I don't know. Oh, wait. Are we at the hotel? I thought we were back on the ship. I thought we were in Club <laughs> no, 42. No, we're, we're not back on the ship yet. No, but I still think it's oh. like Grimnir just oh, no. like taking Grimnir over would. the bar. Oh, he totally would. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Totally so he's, argue. Yeah, he's just you know, stepping in and giving some pointers. Although, this now begs the question, how the hell is Mule there? <laughs> There's the Ion Storm. I mean, yeah, Mjol's there, just there. It's a mystery. I, it came down with John. He's not questioning it. Yeah. Care of what happened to John next episode, but anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, feel free to keep going. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know why I'm doing that. I'm just. I'm just doing it. I don't know. Huh, it suits you. Okay. Trog just goes 
goes back to level in turn. Really, Mule is just loud. Next scene. Oh. Thing that can like pan up to the to space. Uh, uh, so Daniel put back on and just kind of starts walking towards uh towards the edge of the the to the bar a little bit out of town. Just kind of looks around, listens to the sounds of the calling woolly man and looks up into the sky into the sky. Kind of thing. been able to relax and see from this perspective in a while. And as the ca- as the camera pans up from Daniel lying on the ground, it, it pans up through the sky, pat- through the ion storm clouds, and up to whatever it, Nick is going to say is happening in space. After the ion storm dies down whenever, and everyone else is able to beam up, uh, they're all in the transport room on the transporter pad. The transporter operator notices an extra signal, an extra life sign. I guess that probably should be me. Uh, uh, I was just assuming Duncan was going to take it. <laughs> uh, sir, um, you, oh, sorry, you, I was muted. I was trying to, hey, hold on, I was trying to take care of it. Um, yeah, sorry. So, uh, yeah, so uh, Lieutenant Drac- uh, Dracor looks up, you know, big ponderous bulk, and says, uh, uh, seems like we've got something extra here. Extra? What do you mean extra? Uh, extra life sign, uh, vertebrates, so, uh, uh, anyone adopt anything down there? Otherwise, uh, Ged's gonna have to, might have to take a look at some people, see if they're carrying something extra. I don't think anybody adopted anything, Eli says, as his hood, uh, laughs. Tara <laughs> just kind of steps back away from Eli. Uh, Rick does the same. It's, it's just, what the... Where I come from, when something makes a noise like that, you're supposed to step on it and put it out of its misery. The fox oh. pops its head out of out of the hood and stares at Kara. Well, it's oh, cuter than it sounds. Foxo yips at Kara. How long have you had that thing? Thing? It's... How dare you call it a thing? This is essentially my new son. Wait, did Ellie? no one else see that thing popping out of his hood? Well, you explained to the captain then why you picked up a strange alien critter and decided to bring it with you. Also, you might want to check and make sure that those aren't poaching. This is a fox. It's from Earth. It's one of the things that the the settlers smuggled on. Kara looks at him dead-eyed and just says, It's from Earth, yes. What planet are we around? The, um, uh, Graves would have, if Eli, um, asked him beforehand... Graves would have given permission, uh, given him permission, and checked with the local authority that it would be okay to take. Trump looked over like, "Oh, so you did decide to adopt it?" Yes. Good for you. Is it? It seems like a nice little critter. He does. Yes, yes, he does. Eli says, taking him out of his hood and holding him. Rick's just sort of still like blinking, trying to. How did I not see him before? Is He's he been in my hood. Uh, I guess I would explain it, but, like, for, like, how long? For the last day of the trip? For ever since Soto Oh, City? like, since the beginning. Like, since before we first made camp. And, yeah, just, Rick just sort of goes silent and looks off to the middle distance. Well, better him have that fox than what I wanted to bring. Something about this little guy is in sync with me. Right, so mystery solved, awesome, and yes. I'm just gonna... 
go. And Kara walks out. Daniel just kind of uh, realizes something and says, wait a minute, what happened to John and the bear? You cut down. Camera pounds down to the planet. <laughs> John and the bear are still running around. John is still get, trying to give the bear pointers about how to be a Starfleet officer. And then the camera pans back up to the transport room. John's oh, probably and, uh, being John. Oh, let John have his fun. And uh, uh, Dracor is also waving at little Foxo. She is quite impressed by So I'm sure the captain won't mind this. Uh, he's going to need a name, though. Well, I need to go and check on LJ because it's been far too long since I've been gone. And uh, I will uh, let you figure out what to call your fox, was it? Yes, it's called a fox. Okay. Technically, I think it's an arctic fox, but it could just be a red fox with a, a white coating. Okay. What about... I'm oh, sorry. And Rick just sort of wanders off, sort of just scratching his head as he goes. Oh. Daniel said, no, he was just kind of hanging around in your hood the whole time. No. <laughs> or, uh, and then Daniel walks off. Oh, I've got a pistol. I'll rebuild. Your core uh, pipes up and says, uh, they are yeah. mythical uh, creature from Almond. Uh, I think I'm going to go with. Mo- I'm going to name him Cargain Name. I think. I'll go. Yeah, yips again. Yeah, he, he definitely likes it. Elway. Hell. Okay, so sales wagging, but yeah, he's he's excited. Slights people and it's a new place. And yeah, human humans. Yeah, they've got like you know a lot of good foods around here, and uh, yeah, you can go explore. Um. Uh, he t- uh, Eli taps his com badge. One more thing, Kara. There's no response. The computer replies that she's off duty. Oh. Wow. Well, it looks like I'll have to do veterinarian stuff myself. It can't be that hard. I mean, he, he, he's he got the chip's computer in. He can call on holographic, um, uh, ve- veterinary uh, holographic assistance as well, if needed. Well, to the med bay. <laughs> He goes to the med bay and uh, is able to uh, give Kage a nice little physical with a little bit of computer help and you know, EMA or EVH or EVH help if necessary. So let's go with EVH. Yeah. Wonder what get feels. The question about is, this. we can cover that next time. Uh, past the point, and we still have one more scene to go. All right. So uh, the the camera whips away from the reliant. Um, a uh, quick establishing shot of uh, Newsaw, and then um, down to a room uh, on this little island, set aside um, uh, far away from the main continent continents. Um, and there's this uh, inside this black dull, not uh, like a dark grey sort of dull looking room. Uh, the main feature is this um, comms panel with with a with a decent sized screen on it. Uh, there's uh, the only other thing in there is a mirror Rictier who's currently on a call with his um, um, psychiatrist. We have been doing this for some time, and I have to say, progress has been a bit slow. Every time we've seemed to have made a bit of progress, uh, something has happened and we end up right back. There is something 
hindering something that you're not letting go of, Frick dear. And if we are to progress, if we, if you are to make improvements, then then we need to address whatever this thing is. Uh, and and Mir that comes from the companels as Merrick here just sort of ponders for a bit, and, and there is uh, there is something that has been well rather on my mind ever since I came into this realm. Uh, my first experiences have not been that positive, and I can't let go of the idea that people there are in wait, that there's something going on behind the scenes that I'm going to be quite in the, stabbed in the back as I would be back on my original world. Ah, so that would be uh, events that happened on the USS Reliant, yes, uh, we do have documentation of your arm being uh, remotely severed, but uh, is that it? And we tell well, that's at least part of it. There's been some other things that have other things that have just lodged in my mind. The captain accepted. His version over without nary or worry, and yet I here I am stuck in this prison for obeying orders that this captain gave me. I have not been given proper respect until well, you having like the previous psychiatrist aboard the Reliant, he was more interested in knowing things about my world and not providing a treatment there. There was Kara. She was just there. I could sense her, uh, her anger, sense her. She would easily shoot me in the face if she had the chance. Shog. She always just made me a laughing stock. He kept going on about, oh, you're so harmless, and he knows that is a, a sentence. If I was ever to be stopped, respected, if I ever thought that I was a laughing stock, that they would kill me right then and there. They all, well, this is actually just only perhaps one person that didn't treat me like that, and that was. Perhaps the one person that I should hate the most, but my my version here, he had the life that I could only literally dream of. Yet, he was the only one that actually would talk to me. But anyway, that is what has been going on in my head. Yeah, well, it seems that uh, we must address these feelings if... If you are to ever progress, oh, actually, you just gave me an idea. I need to address these feelings, and for that, I need to address them. And that's the end of the scene. All I want to go ahead and let everybody know is that, to be fair, 
Kara would shoot most people in the face if given the chance. I mean, she's already shot Waitley, and she'd love the chance to do it again. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so uh, just a reminder, um, apologies, there's going to be some moments of lag. Um, that is unfortunately important. My internet access is eh, a bit iffy right now, um, but I'll be on the phone talking to the people shortly. But don't forget, uh, Twitter, we got plans. We have a special thing for you, which we'll announce which you'll find out tomorrow and uh, next time here on Star Trek Reliant. Indeed. So with that, again, our email is uh, com. but we're also on Blue Sky now. Forgot about that. So uh, yeah, give us a follow there and yeah, keep up to date on the latest Reliant news. With that, we'll give our final boo-boy. You ain't getting anything from me. I already did it. Bye. Boy now. Boo-boy. Oh, 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 oh